I'm Raylene Taskoski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the last 13 years. I've turned that knowledge that I've gained into a stage show called Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed and a keynote talk called Let's Talk About Sex, the value of open, honest discussions about women's sexual health. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like, How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And, How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also, Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree, it's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> Welcome to episode one of the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast, hosted by Raylene Taskoski and some other guy, girl, guest, or guru. Today's some other guy is Michael Simons of the Anything Goes Project, a podcast that I had the honor of being on a few weeks ago, and Mike and I really hit it off, and we talked about a lot of things, but we talked about talking to your kids about sex, and that's our topic today. Welcome, Mike. Hey, what's going on? I'm so excited to get this started. <laughs> it's cool. I, I'm, I'm excited for you because this was a topic that you and I also covered afterwards. It was like, hey, why aren't you doing a podcast? <laughs> it was just another thing that just pushed me into that. I should do a podcast. So here so, we are. Here we are. Um, you have how many kids? Five kids. And how old are they? Uh, they range between the ages of 23 to 14. You know, I, I noticed that you do the same thing that I do, which is I always start with my oldest and go to my youngest, because when I say how old my oldest is, everybody goes, oh, there's no way you have a 31 year old. <laughs> and then I say, yes, I have 31, 28 and 21. And I think that's probably, is that why you do it too? Because people I go, think, oh. I think we do that because we just look so good for our age. And we exactly. Want to like, yeah, you see how young I look? Right. People would expect me to have a 21-year-old. They do not expect me to have a 31-year-old. And, uh, but I thought it was weird because almost every other person says, oh, my kids range from two to 12. Yeah. You just did the, the ones opposite. I don't like are the ones that are like, yeah, mine is a 48-month-old. No, it's two years old. <laughs> <laughs> or or it, not two years old, it's four years old or whatever the hell. My math, I don't math today. I've been had a long day. I don't math ever. I make <laughs> the dumbest mistakes and my family makes fun of me for it. I Actually, I still do talk to her a lot about sex, but let's start with the, uh, the earliest ones. Um, I think one of the conversations that we talked about earlier is how important it is to make sure that you name the body parts properly for safety. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is something my wife and I, and just a little background before there, because my wife is also a nurse and works in the medical field. So anytime we're talking about sex and stuff, it's sort of clinical. We don't beat around the bush, no pun intended, uh, but we... <laughs> We come straight out and tell it like it is. And that is one of the, always been one of the biggest pet peeves that we've had are these people that say, oh, well, call it your, your willy or your tallywhacker or, or something. No, it's a penis. Just say it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, I feel that if we start stigmatizing the body parts, that's when bad things happen. And I believe I shared that story with you from, from a, a teacher that was 
the little girl was telling her that her daddy was doing something to her cookie and the teacher just didn't understand. And then it was like three weeks later that the mother came in and she, the teacher just mentioned it to the mom. And that's when they found out the dad had been sexually molesting her for like two years. Yeah. That story goes around a lot. Sometimes it's an uncle and sometimes <laughs> it's a father or whatever, but the, the, the point of it remains the same that if the girl had said, you know, my uncle or dad or whomever has been touching my vagina or my vulva or my, you know, any other proper body part name, it would have been brought out uh, sooner. And as much as people say these things are like urban legends, I feel like it's probably a lot more common than anybody would want to admit. It, it is very much so because uh, prior to my doing podcasting and stuff like that, my wife and I actually worked with uh, CPS for a while. And a lot of children, you'd be surprised, no clue what their body parts are called. Right. I, I've heard everything from strawberry cookie to candy or to my, 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 my willy and all this. It's like, <laughs> it's a penis. I had but a... It, I keep going back to that Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's um, my, someone that I dated in the past, his daughters referred to their uh, vagina, and we're going to cover that in one second, uh, as their front bottom. <laughs> it was their front bottom. <laughs> I've actually heard that term before, but it's like I didn't realize people actually used it. Yeah, yeah, no, they absolutely did. So let's go back to the term vagina. Uh, that's a misnomer. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned that. <laughs> there, it's actually the vulva, because the vulva encompasses all of the uh, front bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your face and your face has your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your cheeks, your chin, and your forehead. And we all know the different names of the body parts, but sometimes we refer to it as our face. And the front bottom is the vulva. And it encompasses your clitoris, your labia, your labia majora, labia minora, your urethra, and your vagina. And that's just the birth canal. And so kind of my thing now is I only have grandsons, so I won't be able to push this on, on my kids so far. Uh, but it's a vulva. The vulva is the part that's underneath and on the bottom. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so stupid. I... <laughs> you, you actually corrected me on our show, the one that you and I did together, because I said that and you were like vulva and I went, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And well, and it, oh my God, it's so funny. When I started doing direct sales 13 years ago and I started working with adult novelty, adult novelty products and all of the body parts and I was in the same position, you know, I, I wasn't comfortable with any of the body terms uh, and I had to learn them. And probably for three months I walked around with just like a blush. I was always just like, oh my God, I cannot believe all of these people. And after, I think it was the second year that I was in, we had had a problem with our taxes. And they said, when we called the IRS, they said we couldn't take our child tax credit because my daughter was 17. Mm -hmm. And I said, she's not 17, she's 16. And, and the guy on the phone's like, well, our records say she's 17. And I said, but she's 16. And he says, but our records say she's 17. And I said, but my vagina says she's 16. 
<laughs> and the guy on the phone goes, we get our records for the Social Security Administration. You need to call them right now. Have a nice day. Goodbye. And he hung up on me. <laughs> and my husband's in the corner with his head in his hands. And he's going, oh, my God, we're going to get audited. We're absolutely going to get audited. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> and that was the day that I knew I was comfortable using the word vagina in a sentence and not being, not blushing about it. That's a true story. I really did do that. Turns out the uh, Social Security Administration had her birthday wrong. Yeah, and that, that's not unto, uh, all too uncommon. Uh, that happens. It's government bureaucracy. Yeah, but it's getting over saying the words. And, you know, to my credit and, and people who do what I do, when I started, I was really embarrassed to say penis, vagina, testicles, clitoris, labia, vulva. And now those words slip into my everyday conversation. And sometimes I forget that other people aren't nearly as comfortable saying those things as I am. And I'll look up and like everybody will have this stunned look on their face. And I'm like, oh, was I using the real words again? So sorry. <laughs> yeah, it happens to me quite often. I, uh, I live down here in the South, the Bible right. Belt. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't mix words or play around with it. I mean, I, I say it like it is. And there's been many times I've said something, turned around and looked, and it's like just everybody's wide-eyed. Like, <laughs> Same. Same. Yep. So my, uh, my daughter's doing a good job. She does make sure she calls it the penis on my grandsons. And uh, when I am with them, like when they were little, and I would take the diaper off, they would, they would go for it. I mean, they, they always do. Go right for it. And I'd be like, oh, do you need some penis time? It's okay. And I'd just like hold the diaper and look away. <laughs> then one day my grandson's like holding himself and staring at me. And I'm like, okay, it's cool if you want to play with your penis, but not while you're staring deeply into my eyes. Like that's enough. <laughs> and and have, being the father of five boys, I will be the first one to tell you that because that diaper comes off, they're like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and Thanks. They're teenagers. They're still now. Oh, what's that? Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> um, I do remember every now and then she'll call it his doodle. And one day I was visiting and, and I tell her all the time, I'm like, don't just call it the penis. Don't call it your doodle. And then one day she was playing around with him and he did something. She goes, oh, you silly little doodle head. And I just stared at her and she goes, I heard it. Don't say anything. I heard it. <laughs> So she's probably a little bit more careful now uh, when she uh, talks about it. I, it's just very important to make sure there's nothing embarrassing about those words. They are body parts. There's literally no difference between, uh, you know, your nose, elbow, penis. If you can't say penis, then you need to just say it over and over and over and over again until you get over it. It's not that big a deal. It's literally just a body part. And you're protecting your children and giving them more education by making sure that you use the right body part names. And so also, go, go ahead. I might add to that too. Also, if you're teaching them the correct body parts, make sure you're willing to stand up for them. Because I have been called to the school on multiple occasions because my kids have said the right body part. Well, we just don't say that here. Then what do you call it? Well, th no, that's not what it is. It's a penis. Yep. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100%. That's, that's important. And this, oh, to even... <sighs> well, and you got you to gotta remember, though, where I live at. Like I said, I live in the South, Texas. It's one of the uh, states that actually adopted the abstinence-only programs. 
yeah it, they don't work they talk about uh the, it basically is sex is bad we don't do that <laughs> well you're still having babies in texas so somebody's doing it <laughs> one of the highest birth rates in the united states yeah we had a big conversation about that on on your podcast about uh the abstinent only yeah i put the stats up on the video did you see that <laughs> yeah it's not good not yeah. good so a little bit further along, when is the right time to start talking to your kids about sex? Day one. Yeah. Day one. I, I don't, because I, I know when you, you always get that, especially if you've got siblings, if you, if you, if you have, if you've got kids. Oh that are, yeah. So the first sibling is always going to ask you, mama, daddy, where's that baby come from? <laughs> Be truthful. I've known, I grew up with the cabbage leaf. <laughs> Stark. <laughs> Stork. Yeah, no, you're just going to really screw up that kid. Is Be honest about it. Talk to them about it. And it, by you doing that, your children also won't be scared to come talk to you about these things in the future. That's because, probably the biggest. Yeah. Yes. That's the and biggest yes. Uh, I always say, your when your kids ask you about sex you have to answer their questions mm -hmm. because if you don't they will get their information from someone else you will lose control of the conversation and they won't trust you to answer their other questions yes and uh, god you want to mortify your listeners out there your kids are talking about this in kindergarten yeah yeah they are i actually I have, um, this is a jumping ahead a little bit, but I have a funny story about my daughter in eighth grade because it's always those moms with kids in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade who think their kids are not talking about sex and you are so very, very wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I had come home from a training and they had talked about uh, talking to your kids about sex and being open with them and being honest with them and then our uh, our teacher for the day said, you also have to make sure that your children, including your daughters, know how to put condoms on for their protection. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, cause I'm not going to be with her every minute of every day. And I know that there's going to be probably a time that she sees a penis for the first time. I'm probably not going to be there. <laughs> right. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. So hope not. Right. And so uh, I, I come home from the training and I said, okay, I need to teach her how to do this just so she knows, just so the facts are out there. And so I get out this uh, purple dildo that sticks to things uh, that's kind of fairly large. Um, and my, my favorite thing is she looks at it for the first time and she goes, oh my God, are they all that big? <laughs> and I'm evil. So I said, yes. <laughs> bought a couple more years that's exactly what i'm thinking it got me a couple more years and so um i take out the condoms and i said all right open up the condom she opens it she goes ew it's slimy and i said yep now you know put it on the toy and she goes it's not gonna fit and i said yeah it's gonna fit go ahead and she puts it on it and she goes how far does it go i said all the way to the bottom she puts it on and then uh i said see it fits so then when when she was done with that, I rolled it back off and I slid it over my entire hand. And I said, see, it is going to fit no matter what size they think they are. 
the condom will fit. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, great, thanks. And then she goes on her merry way. She was not traumatized by this information at all. So a couple weeks later, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and her daughter's a good friend of my daughter. And she said, oh, would you do that same talk for my daughter? And I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. As long as it's okay with you, I will happily do the entire conversation. So uh, she, her, the girl comes over. She says to me, I hear you're going to have that talk with me. And I said, oh, okay, you ready for the talk? So I go out. I do the same thing. I do the entire talk. And then afterwards, I say, do you have any questions? Which I will go back to later on. But it's important that when you're done giving them the answer to the question they actually asked, you say, do you have any extra questions? And she said to me, and these two girls are in eighth grade, she said, yeah, what's the deal with anal beads? Mm -hmm. and, and so if you think your kids aren't talking about sex, you're wrong. Now, I live in a fairly uptight, very suburban, well-off area, you know, and everybody always thinks, well, no, not my kid. My, you know, my kid wouldn't know this information. Wrong. These kids were talking about blowjobs in sixth grade. Yep. My and, sixth grade. Yeah. And so in eighth grade, she said, yeah, what's the deal with, with anal beads? And the reason this came up is because this was, well, let's see, eighth grade, like six, six years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, when graduated bead necklaces were all the rage. And there was one boy who uh, was a, he would go home after school and get on his dad's computer and watch porn. And he said, every time she would wear the necklace, he would say, those look like anal beads. And so I answered the question. I said, anal beads are designed to stimulate the anus when you are uh, having certain types of sex or, you know, to stimulate the prostate gland. Any other questions? And they were just like, nope, all good. And I'm like, okay, have a nice day. So I didn't glorify it. I didn't turn it down. I just gave the facts. It was like, just the facts, please. <laughs> and you do it. it really is the only, it is the only way to handle that situation. So what I want everybody to understand is when your kids ask you about sex, you have to answer the question. And what I say is the very first thing you should ask is, well, what do you already know? That way you get a, a feeling of where, the, <clears throat> where they're coming from. Because when my middle daughter was in first grade, she came home from school and she goes, oh, there were kids having sex on the bus. And like my, my immediate instinct was, oh my God, I'm going to call school. Oh, what was going on? And I'm like, what were they doing? And she said, they were kissing. And I was like, whoa. Okay, glad I asked. <laughs> because the question your kids are asking you may not be as bad as what you think it is or what they're telling you. Yeah, like mine <clears throat> comes home. We're all sitting at the dinner table. All seven of us at that point. And the youngest one goes, just point blank. Hey, Dad, what's a blowjob? <laughs> well, I'm never missed a beat. I went, just looked at him. I said, okay, what did you? And I did ask him. I did ask him. I said, why do you want to know? Well, because my friend said it was this, this, and this, and this. And then I looked at his mom. I said, you got this? She goes, yes. And she went and explained <laughs> this at, clinically as possible. And then he got done, she got done, she looked at him, and he looked back at us and was like, well, that's nothing like what my friends said. They're dumb. And I'm like, I agree. I agree. 
<laughs> yeah, so, that was I mean, one of the and, things. And then again, it was like, any more questions? And then you see across the table. I, I, I have a question. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> We're in this. Let's do it. That's so, it's so cool that your kids feel like they can talk to you. And mm. the same thing, um, I feel like, I don't, I don't know about my oldest because I, I wasn't as open then. Actually, I, true story. So my oldest lived with her dad and stepmom for a really long time before she came to live with me as a teenager. And her stepmom introduced her to vibrators long before I had ever come onto the scene of, of doing what I do. I was still like, those are for dirty people. Right? And so one day um, my oldest was out doing something and her middle sister was jumping with her friend back and forth between their two twin beds. And when they landed on the oldest's bed, her vibrator was underneath the mattress and it had turned on. Mm. <laughs> and, and so she comes up and she's like, mom, something's vibrating under my sister's bed. <laughs> and I went and I picked up and she had a plethora of little items down there. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so I turned it off and I put it back and I don't think I ever even said anything to her until many, many years later. Uh, but it, it's just so funny how my education level, mm -hmm. when it got better, the communication between the other two was significantly Yeah, and open. that comes back to the, our kids are talking about this stuff. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting a hold of these things without you knowing. Uh, and they're using these products. And so it's better to have them educated to where they know how to clean them properly, use them properly and stuff like that. Because I know for a fact that this was happening even when I was in high school, we had a girl when I was in high school, she come into the cafeteria and just threw her purse on the table. And when it hit, <laughs> Her vibrator started going and there's this purse going back and forth on the table. And we're all like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's, it's, if we've got to be able to educate our children and not be scared to talk about it. Uh, I don't know if you want me to share the story about the, uh, the condoms. Oh yes, I do. That's on my list of things I would love for you to well, talk well, about. When you're ready for that, then tell me. Oh, you can do it right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so parents out there, do you have a teenage boy that might be 16, 17 years old? Most likely they're probably already looking into being sexually active. So long story short, my wife goes out to my oldest son's Jeep and she's digging for some like insurance papers or tags or something in his golf compartment. Well, she opens it up and she finds this box of Trojans in there, Trojan condoms. Okay. She takes them out, brings them into the house and sets them on the bar right there in our kitchen. Well, my son comes home. He was, he was with a friend that day and he comes home and him and the friend walk into the kitchen like, Hey mom, we're home. And my, my wife turns around looks at him and she goes, you want to explain those? And points at the condoms. Well, the friend immediately went to, dude, you're in so much trouble. I'm going to have to leave. And he was like, he just looked down at him. He goes, yeah, those are condoms. And she goes, I know what they are. My question is, why were they in the glove compartment of your Jeep? She goes, do you understand the temperatures that that Jeep gets at during the daytime? She goes, do you want to get a girl pregnant? Do you want to catch an STD? She said, because that's how that happens. By sitting in those temperatures, getting hot and cold and hot and cold, all you're doing is degrading those condoms and, and messing with their integrity and they will no longer work correctly. He was like, 
uh, yes, ma'am. And she goes, now, do you have any money on you? And he's like, yeah. She goes, go to the store right now and you buy a box of condoms and you bring them home and you put them in your medicine cabinet in your bedroom, in your bathroom. And he went, okay. And she goes, also, I better never catch you carrying them in your wallet either because that'll tear them up quicker than your truck will. Yeah. And just point blank. And then the friend walked off like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> and and was- years later, Will actually told me, he said, look, my parents would have never had that conversation. He said, if they'd have found those at my house, he said, I probably wouldn't be here to talk to you now. I get them in bulk wherever I go, wherever I see them and I grab them and I give them to my kids, um, especially the youngest because she's in college. And I'm like, and if this isn't for you, then for your friends, please pass them around like they're candy. Mm -hmm. uh, Because to date, condoms are still the best way to uh, prevent not only pregnancy, but STDs. That's the big one, STDs. And, and, you know, like, so I was uh, active a lot in the 80s and the early 90s when AIDS was huge and we were all terrified. And for the first time in a long time, everybody was using, you know, condoms. And I've noticed that with the younger generation, they don't have that fear that we have, which I think is ridiculous because, uh, you know, pregnancy is not the worst thing that could happen to you. It is, it is a disease. How about and a bad case of syphilis and have it start eating your brain out because you're too scared to talk to somebody about it? Exactly. Um, and so my husband and I still use condoms and we've been married for 23 years. And that is because at some point I decided that my vagina was the National Park Service. <laughs> carry in, carry out. <laughs> no child left behind right? <laughs> well we don't have that issue in our right. i also i know it's ridiculous because i talk about oh, sex all the time but i have a very strong ick factor and i'm just like take it away <laughs> i also firmly believe the only reason girls want to cuddle after sex is because they had to get up and go wash up and now they're cold and wide awake <laughs> so we're like so how was it for you how about just be a gentleman and bring a towel? <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, I just don't. Just don't. Just, uh, just take it. Um, but I've talked to so many college girls, and they say, uh, my boyfriend won't have sex with me with a condom. He said, it doesn't feel as good. And my response is, then you're doing it wrong. Because not doing it feels way worse than doing it with a condom on <laughs> so you have all the power yeah like just masturbate <clears throat> in front of him for like five seconds he'd be like okay 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 and you're like no i want two condoms a pretty pink bow and when you're done you have to go buy me a froyo <laughs> like or you have the power <laughs> just let him go home blue balled one night one night one night yeah it's not yeah, that hard your protection is the most important and that's that's a key point right there uh, not just for girls because i know guys that who have said i need to get a con no 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 you don't need one with me <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> yeah I do, especially I, if you just said that <laughs> yeah, i've actually had that happen uh, in my past it was like well i'm sorry we can't do anything i have no condoms well you don't need that with me really yeah 
just like, is this your first time? <laughs> are you are you on a pill <laughs> or what? <laughs> What's going on here? Let's just wait. Yeah, but the pill will protect against pregnancy. It will not protect against disease. Yes, and that was the big key because uh, I was sexually active in the '90s as well. So I mean, yeah, you don't know what's out there. Uh, you just have to protect uh, sexual uh, protection for STDs is that's why sex education is so important that I feel and which is why I'm so glad you're doing that even through your comedy talking about that because you're you're uh, you're kind of I guess you could say taking some of the taboo off of it make people laugh about it but they think about it too at the same time right right that's what I like so I uh I have a unique situation uh where in the 80s, I, I did have a ill-advised relationship, short term. Uh, and I tell everybody, because it was during the high time of HIV, I got really, really lucky. I got pregnant. I could have gotten AIDS. And uh, I'm not sad. She's one of my favorite children. Uh, but you, the safety should have been the, the forefront in my mind and it really wasn't and so now I think not not that I ever would regret my child but uh, you know I really just say I got lucky yeah I, um it's weird I wrote a joke about uh pregnancy if you were having unprotected sex it was basically playing Russian roulette yeah it was I love that kid though she was really a gift she was a, she was a gift she was God's way of saying, I have better plans for you. Could you stop being a dumb slut and go, you know, build your life? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of people who are pissed off that I just said it that way, but that's how I felt. That's like when I got pregnant, it was really a bucket of cold water going, you, I've got bigger plans for you. Could you stop just getting drunk and hang out in bars and this is way too deep for my very first stand-up comedy sex ed, but that's... Hey, that's what this is all about. If I had known, if I had been more comfortable my, with my sexuality, if I would known about sex toys, I probably would have made much, 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 much better decisions. But mm -hmm. back, back the way I was raised and the... It was just so much easier to just find somebody to rub up against to... to you know, have that pleasure. Uh, but if I had known what I know now, I would have made much better decisions. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, because it's like, even now you try to talk to people about uh, uh, self-pleasure, masturbation or something like that. It's a completely, that is like, whoa, we don't <laughs> talk about that. And I'm like, but your kids are doing it. Exactly. And, and they should. And, and, you know, I heard, one of the uh, sex therapists that I've listened to, he's, all, he's, a, he's a counselor, uh, he's a psychologist and a counselor, but he specializes in talking to people about sex. And one of his conversations or his, he always starts his uh, lectures off with, you know, they say 97% of men across the United States masturbate, the other 3% lie about it. <laughs> exactly. And he said, you know what? The stats are the same for the women. Oh, for sure. And so, and everybody's in the audience going, what? And he goes, yes, I said the M word. He said, and I'll tell you right now, he said, I'm a grown adult. I'm in my 60s and I still do it. What's what's his name? Uh, damn it. I got his book. Uh, keep going and I'll find All his right. book. <laughs> yeah, that's my brain. My brain always forgets things on the on the topic and then it comes back. Uh, 
I am a big fan of, well, you know, just say I'm a big fan of masturbating. Uh, it's, I have told my girls from, as soon as I started realizing the benefits of being able to talk about these things, uh, whenever they have period cramps, go masturbate. If you have trouble sleeping, go masturbate. If you have a migraine, go masturbate. It really just releases endorphins in your body. If you uh, have your period and you're having period cramps, it helps your body, uh, your uterus slough off the things that are giving you the cramps. It moves things along. It's a great nap enhancer. <laughs> I, I always set my alarm for uh, 20 minutes and then I masturbate for two and a half and I sleep for 16 and a half and I wake up and I'm like, I am ready to go do that comedy show, party podcast, whatever I've got going on that night. <laughs> or dishes. Just or the dishes, exactly. Yeah. I'm hey, ready oh, to go make dinner. <laughs> uh, the doctor's name is Dr. Daryl Ray. He uh, uh, hosts a podcast called uh, Secular, uh, Secular Sexuality. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, and I was thinking there's an, another doctor that comes and talks at our conferences some, sometimes called Ian Kierning. I think it's Ian Kerning. And uh, he has a book called She Comes First, which a great title. <laughs> yeah. Well, his is because he gives his lectures. The reason it's called uh, Secular Sexuality is because one of the things he's discovered through his years of practice is uh, religion puts a really bad taboo on sex. Oh, it really does. And, no. and, and be, most of the couples that he's worked with in therapy and stuff usually it has that that stigmatization that has happened through their religious upbringing is what has pretty much destroyed their marriage their intimacy and everything yeah i've got uh, a guest coming on in a couple of weeks and she was raised in a purity purity culture um but i want to be very specific when we say this that religion has damaged the sex not yep. the bible not god but religion because there's a whole lot of really awesome things in the bible that talk about sex but people tend to ignore them uh and then just say these are the rules as set down by whomever has anybody ever read the book uh song of solomon exactly that's what i'm thinking there's a lot in there it's a very sensual book of the bible yeah and when he's talking about the hills of bether and He's talking about her breasts. Yep. And then laying your head in your partner's lap. Yeah. We're back to oral favors. <laughs> yeah, uh, fellatio and cunnilingus, and there we go. Oh, I just uh, don't I, think that. Plan, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's man that made made it's man made religion that has damaged sex that has turned it into such. Listen, and I I talk about this at on my show, uh, the clitoris is the only part of the body that only has one function and that function is a muscle spasm and that muscle spasm is an orgasm. And God put it right on the outside of the body where we could find it accidentally while shimmying up the you know, uh, swing set at school, five point harness, <laughs> riding a horse. <laughs> and as I said before, and yet is it is the most it is the hardest thing for a man to find for some reason <laughs> so at my uh shows i actually have a 3d clitoris and you just I, I don't understand why it's so hard to find but it's there but it could just be 
it, and I think probably this next generation is going to be better uh, because they're going to be more open because it's all out there. They're going to be like, it's right fucking there. Well, right there. I, let's look at some of the older generation. I think the reason why they always, the joke is that the man can't find it is because how many men actually venture down there? Right. Have a, have a gander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy if you look at it. <laughs> it's right there. You're just finding it sideways. So um, when we're talking about sex, the last thing is I feel like it's very important that we talk to your sons and your daughters. I only have daughters. You have mostly sons, right? You four have, sons and one daughter. Four sons, four sons, one daughter. I have all daughters. Um, and I had done a party once and there was a, a, a college girl. It was a college party. And she had had sex one time and she did not enjoy it. And uh, statistically speaking, 48% of women enter college as virgins. And by the end of the freshman year, that number is down to 22%. And that in itself is not a disturbing number, but the, the number of girls who are just trying to get rid of it is staggeringly high, just from the people that I've talked about, uh, talked to. And this girl had come to my party and she said she had had sex once. She didn't enjoy it. She didn't know what the big deal was about. She didn't understand why anybody would ever want to do it. And I felt horrible for her because she just didn't have the information that she needed. So I had the conversation with her that she should have been able to have with her parents. And hopefully generations now will start doing this. And it's when you're ready, and when you're doing it because it's what you want to do and not because it's something someone else wants to do, when it feels right, when you are protected emotionally and physically, it will feel good. Yeah, because there's a whole thing having to do with arousal, uh, lubrication, natural lubrication, engorging, all this stuff. Right. Um, but until that time, Auntie Ray Ray says, use toys, not boys. <laughs> But yes, I will have episodes uh, talking about all of those things. Uh, I think that's how you need to introduce yourself from now on, Auntie Ray Ray. Yeah, Auntie Ray Ray. <laughs> yes, that's what Auntie Ray Ray says. Uh, I'm actually super excited to keep this going on. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add right now? No, no, not really. I think we pretty much covered it. It's mainly tonight we wanted to talk about uh, our children and being uh, that our children are going to be sexually active. They're talking about it and we need to be giving them the proper education as far as naming the parts uh, down to the mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I do have one more story that I wanted to throw in here. So my, my oldest daughter is a run, Russian linguist and she had come home from her training one day and she told us that the Russian word for penis is hui. And I think I'm pronouncing that right, but hui is a Russian word for penis. Okay. So then a couple months later, my youngest daughter, we were driving in the car and she said, um, what's the deal with sex? <laughs> and I, you know, and we're driving, which by the way, I will just tell this as a mother of girls, the best way to get your daughters to talk to you is turn off the radio and leave it in complete silence and don't say a word. That's when it starts to get out. Silence. They will start to talk to you. At least my daughters, all three of them. They start, I, and that was my thing. I was like, Oh, no radio. It drives me crazy when I'm driving. And within minutes, they would all start just blah, blah, blah. I would hear everything about their friends, everything about their lives, any questions they had. 
So we're driving along and she asked me that. And I said, okay, what do you already know? As I said before, find out what they already know. She said, you take off your clothes, you get naked and you get into bed. And I said, well, how do you know that? And she goes, mom, we have a TV. <laughs> and I said, okay, uh, does the next part have anything to do with any of the body parts that we know the names for? And she, she says, we. <laughs> so she did a triple entendre. She said penis. She said yes in French. And she made sure that I knew exactly what she was talking about. And we had like a really good laugh about it. And then we just basically had the conversation about where the penis goes, where the vagina is, what happens, blah. Do you have any other questions? And she's like, no, I think I'm all set. Rocking. And it was really just that easy. But it was because I had set the stage for her to be comfortable talking to me about sex. Absolutely. So I have a thing that I want to end all my shows with. I have this really stupid game called Things They Don't Teach You in School. And it's a trivia game. And anytime I find a weird question about sex, uh, I'm going to ask it. So weird question of the week. Are there sexually transmitted diseases among animals yes yes it is most mammals can suffer from stds yes who knew i don't know i don't I mean i i don't know how that's happening but apparently it can well because nobody's talking to their to the to the young mammal use <laughs> <laughs> listen here you cow right? <laughs> 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 Listen, just because you can get the milk for free. <laughs> so stupid. Remember, she went there, not me. <laughs> I did. I did. All right, Mike, how can people find you? Well, uh, my podcast is obviously the Anything Goes Project, but if you really want to reach me, you can just go to my website. It's www.anythinggoesproject.com that it has links to my podcast, YouTube channel, everything that I pretty much do. There's a contact me there. Uh, you can actually get a hold of me if you're interested in coming on the show as a guest. Uh, or you can actually call into our show at 361-433-5739 and you can leave us a voicemail and that number also works for text messages. Send me a text, send me a voicemail. I'll read it on the air or play it on the air for you if that's what you want. But really simple, anythinggoesproject.com. And it's pretty much the same thing for the podcast and the YouTube channel. You can find me anywhere at that location. Cool. I think uh, at some point I will have all that under control. But for right now, you can find me on Instagram. I'm stand-up comedy sex ed. You can find me at stand-up comedy sex ed. And I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternative point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode. So you can search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. And please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. Thanks and so I'll much for coming on my show. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, everybody have a great week. And uh, use lube. Bye-bye. Thank you.